Dionisio at the plate, he's over to today. Swakowski, the big right hander, lets it go. It's right down Broadway. Dionisio lets it fly, and it's. Oh, it's raining now. Welcome to another episode of Rain Delay Theater, the podcast where two bums talk about other bums at baseball games. My name is Jack Swakowski. And I'm Jeremy Dionisio. And sort of like last week, folks, we'll be once again uh, taking you through our thoughts on the latest round of MLB playoff games. Uh, but this is episode number 91, so for this we have to pick a 1991 debut. Jeremy, uh, as we've done in the past, uh, I'm going to fudge this one just a little bit. The player I'm talking about here actually made his debut. In 1990, he had two at-bats, and he struck out twice. Uh, But he also played in 1991 as well. Uh, And his name is Chuck Carr. Jeremy, do you remember Chuck Carr? (laughs) Nice. Um... I, I not you know not not super well. I just uh, I remember like um, his like you know early Marlins baseball card or something like that. Sure. Well, Chuck Carr uh, was one of the craziest assholes uh, to play the game probably in about the last thirty years. <laughs> uh, there is no reason for you to really remember him. Uh, he was a two fifty four career hitter. He led the league in stolen bases once. Uh, he stole fifty eight bases in uh 1993 uh which is which is pretty solid but chuck carr jeremy was uh was crazy um his exit from the brewers is legendary uh, i don't know if i've you've ever heard me talk about it but uh it was uh it was early on in the 1997 season uh he was batting 130 at the time uh he'd actually lost his spot in center field because of that and uh it, the there was a, a 2-0 count and uh, he, the dugout gave him a take sign, and he, uh, he swung away and he popped out. Uh, and this was late in the game uh, that the Brewers lost. Uh, and so after the game, Phil Garner, the manager of the Brewers at the time, came up to Chuck Carr, and he basically said, like, why the hell did you swing at that pitch? We gave you the, t- the take sign. And Chuck Carr said, that ain't Chucky's game. Chucky hacks on 2-0. And, uh, and they cut him the next day. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Phil Garner said he was like, you know, he, he was always talking about himself in the third person. So Chuck Carr would, he would call himself Chucky. Um, and he's like, normally when people do that, uh, they put a straight jacket on him. So his exit from, uh, his exit from Milwaukee is legendary. If you say Chucky hacks in, uh, in Milwaukee, anybody of a certain age will remember that. But that wasn't the only crazy thing he did when he was in the minor leagues. Uh, he, he was originally came up with the Mariners or he was in their system for a, for a little while and he crossed paths with Ken Griffey Jr., and uh, he told Ken Griffey Jr. that he should, uh, Ken Griffey should get a new position because Chuck Carr was the future of center field for the Mariners, um, which is absurd. Uh, it's, not like Ken, it's not like Ken Griffey Jr. was some, uh, you know, some nobody. He was, I think, the number one overall draft pick, but still Chuck Carr felt the need to say that to him. Uh, and then there was one other time when he was with St. Louis. Uh, he was with St. Louis in 1992, um, uh, he wanted to wear the number one and he was told that Ozzie Smith wore the number one, so he couldn't wear it. And Chuck Carr said, Hey, out with the old in with the new. So, <laughs> you know, Chuck Carr was insane, uh, for no reason, for seemingly no reason. He was just this really egotistical, crazy guy who referred to himself in the third person. Uh, and he is a minor legend, uh, uh among Brewers fans. So Chuck Carr is my choice for 1991 player. Nice. Nice, Jack. Um, yeah, I know we've talked about Chuck Carr before. I don't know if it was on the podcast or not, but um, 
that's uh that's pretty funny and like you you, you gotta think like maybe if if he was just somewhat good <laughs> like you know he maybe could have gotten away with some of the um the hubris that he had but uh yeah i don't know um uh <laughs> it just yeah i mean i don't know like what his like scouting report was coming up i guess just like speed but like he had like no bat whatsoever like it looks like obviously no power um i mean i guess he flirted a couple times with like you know and like this high 260s 270s but that doesn't seem to be too much to uh to get too excited about um it's kind of interesting uh jack this should be another this should be an an off-season episode but we should we should look at the um, the the uh, expansion drafts of the Marlins and the Rockies one year, like one episode. Um, yeah, that would be real. That would be interesting, and and also, you know, we we could throw the Rays and Diamondbacks in there as well. Yeah, for sure, for sure, because like it's weird. I mean, like yeah, it's kind of weird. Like you know, I don't think either of us were super tuned into baseball the last time the expan- expansion draft happened, but um, like it's kind of funny, like to think about like the concept of it where like they don't, you know, teams are like, yeah, we're not going to go ahead. We're going to go ahead and not protect you from the draft. So, you know, <laughs> if they, if they take you, then, uh, you know, it was nice having you on the team. And so Chuck Carr was, um, he was drafted in that expansion draft as far as I can tell, uh, from his, uh, from his, uh, stats here on baseball reference. And so like, I mean, that seems to me like already, you know, a, an indicator there that it's like, yeah, the I guess he was on the Cardinals at that time, and they're like, yeah, okay, man. Um, probably, you know, they probably had that Ozzy Ozzy Smith conversation, and then they're like, yep, uh, go ahead and uh, make sure we don't put uh, we don't protect a car from the expansion draft. <laughs> yeah, and he, uh, I think he was with the Mariners in the minor leagues for a while, and he was in the Cincinnati Red system for a little while too. So the uh, Cardinals were the fourth team that had uh, decided to take a pass on Chuck Carr. Um, yeah, so, uh, so yeah, Jeremy, I will always uh, have a soft spot in my heart for Chuck Carr uh, for that reason. Yeah, very funny. Um, all right, cool. So my 1991 player, um, I think, was, was it last week that I did Tim Naring, I think? I think yes, it was last did. week. Yeah, so th- I feel like these two guys, you know, if we were ever to do that, uh, another, another episode we've talked about before is, like, you know, guys who we confuse with other guys. Um, my guy is Phil Plantier this week oh yeah phil plantier okay yeah okay yeah I, I remember him off the top of my head jeremy he uh he had one year for the padres where he hit like 30 home runs or something didn't he yeah that's right in uh, in 1993 um so yeah. i'm looking at his numbers and like so i guess i guess maybe it's because phil plantier came up with boston and maybe that's why i, I conflate phil plantier and tim Naring a little bit mm-hmm. um i think i think in the grand scheme of things. I mean, no, I actually, that probably could be argued. I was going to say, I think probably you can say Phil Plantier had the better career than Tim Naring, but I think that's debatable quite honestly, when you look at their numbers. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I read a, uh, a book, Jeremy, uh, I think the book was called class a, but it was about the, uh, Clinton lumber Kings and, uh, mm-hmm. Phil Plantier showed up in that book. He was working as like a roving, uh, uh, instructor, roving hitting instructor for the Seattle Mariners organization. Um, and yeah, there's just like one, one time, one part where he stops by the hotel and like has a drink with the class A manager and talks about how he hit like 90 home runs in the big leagues. Um, so yeah, that's, you know, that was kind of my impression of Phil Plantier is just a guy who like, you know, 
goes around talking to kids about how he had, like, you know, this one good year in the big leagues. <laughs> and for him, it was a pretty good year, Jeremy. I mean, in that 1993 season, he hit 34 homers, drove in 100 runs somehow. And, I mean, he hit 240, but it seems like he was mostly, like, a, a big pow- like big home run, big strikeout kind of guy, uh, you know, not much for average. But, like, he did have that one, like, sort of like a Rick Wilkins thing when that year Rick Wilkins hit 30 homers. Like, Phil Plantier just one year, like, blew up for 34 homers and then never did too much besides that. No, uh, Rick Wilkins, another guy who appeared on, on the list of uh, 1991 rookies. Um, but, uh, she was. But, yeah, uh, man, you got to – you, you wouldn't have wanted to catch a sight. A sight. Not, not, you know, it's debatable whether you would have anyway, but uh, – I would say sometime between like, you know, I would say March and like, you know, October of 1993, you probably wouldn't have wanted to see a, a catch a glimpse of Phil Plantier's ass because there probably would have been a lot of uh, needle pricks uh, there. <laughs> uh, talking about steroids, folks. Um, I, you know, when you see those numbers, you're like, oh, man, I think maybe he might have got a little bit of what Barry was having, you know, um, or, or, or Mark. Uh, Mark McGuire at this point, but, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, that's definitely an outlier that, that, uh, that one season. Um, but another guy who like, I, you know, again, I liked based off just the look of his uh, baseball card. I remember, um, Phil Nevin or Phil, uh, Phil Plantier rather had like, I, he had like this crazy batting stance too. He was like super, super crouched. Um, you know, uh, obviously it didn't really help with his walk numbers at all. Um, but uh, he had like this kind of crazy crouched bat- batting stance, if I remember correctly. Um, but yeah, just never really did too much. Um, bounced around a lot towards the end of his career, or like the second half of his career, and barely, you know, the most after he had two game, two seasons where he played over ninety, or like oh yeah, or three seasons where he played over ninety six games, and then the closest he got was seventy six after that, and just kind of bounced around. He was on Oakland at one point. Couldn't have told you that for a million dollars. And yeah, he he was the uh, the Padres hitting coach for a couple of years too after he uh, after he retired. Um, and yes, uh, he was. Yeah, and so um, so yeah, so uh, twenty twelve to twenty fourteen. I, I thought it was relatively recently. So um, so yeah, just uh, one of those kind of flash in the pan guys from the nineties. But uh, yeah, a guy that I you know I I kind of liked uh, for, just for no reason at all. Phil Plantier. Well, there you go, Jeremy. And yeah, I will say that uh, if I had been a fan of the Padres in 1993 and I had gone to a couple games and seen him in a home run, uh, I think I would have liked him too and probably remembered him more fondly uh, than he deserved. Um, uh, but uh, there was another, um, another passing of another great baseball player, uh, another Hall of Famer. Um, I believe five Hall of Famers have passed in the last six weeks, or maybe it's six in the last five. They, I'm not they sure. They said five but... in the last five weeks on the, on the game earlier today. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, this one was uh, Cincinnati Reds legend uh, Joe Morgan. Um, Joe Morgan first came to my attention. Uh, he was a broadcaster for uh, Sunday Night Baseball with uh, John Miller back in the back in the '90s, back in the mid '90s. Um, so that was that was when he first came to my attention. I never particularly liked him as a broadcaster when I was like a little kid, but uh, you know, I I was probably too young to make any. Uh, any real judgments on on that but I will say that uh he he was a guy who hated analytics um but like the ironic thing was that like analytics like proved that he was a like they actually showed that Joe Morgan was like one of the best second baseman ever 
Uh, so even though he hated them, they actually they actually like built up his career a lot more than it was when he was originally retired and elected to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I'm, I think people most people from our generation know uh, Joe Morgan from from, uh, you know, Sunday Night Baseball. Um I uh yeah, I think I've talked about it on this podcast before, but I did not like Joe Morgan. He was I thought he was an asshole. He like always hated uh, um uh Ryan Sandberg. Like he like I feel like he always like downplayed Ryan Sandberg's uh, accomplishments as a second <laughs> baseman and like just to try to cement himself as like the best second baseman in in base like in baseball history or whatever or like of the modern era. Um uh I'm not celebrating his death by any means, but uh but yeah, I did not like him. Um, you know, uh, in previous years. Um, so, so yeah, so, uh, I don't know, but, uh, good, yeah, good, good, good player. Um, you know, definitely a good player, Jeremy, one of these days, maybe there'll be a passing of a baseball player who you, you know, who you have something good to say about. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yes. No, that was a reference to Bob Gibson from last week. But, uh, yeah, I will say, uh, yeah, Joe Morgan, not my favorite announcer either. But, uh, but yeah, he had some good, uh, some good years in the mid-70s, obviously. Um, and he was on those big red machine teams who uh, uh, I would, you know, if I could pick one team to, to watch play, uh, they would definitely be, uh, be right up there. Well, Chuck Carr uh, set out with the old and with the new. Uh, and that's what happened with the White Sox today. <laughs> we, don't quite know who, we don't quite know who the new is going to be, but uh, they did say out with the old. And so Rick Renteria is gone. And... Uh, Don Cooper, uh, pitching coach for life. Don Cooper uh, is is out after what eighteen seasons, Jeremy? As eighteen, nineteen years as the White Sox pitching coach. Is that what it is? I didn't. I Something didn't like see that. that. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like, uh, <laughs> man, I don't know. I mean, we we've been talking about it. Like, it it's not surprise. I, I like I find it to be not necessarily surprising news. Um, I know, like, I saw Ken Rosenthal, like, because the White Sox tweeted it first, and then, like, uh-huh. Rosenthal retweeted it and just wrote, like, whoa, <laughs> which is yeah. kind of funny. It's like the White Sox, the White Sox are making moves that make Ken Rosenthal tweet, whoa. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, yeah I, yeah, I did not see this. I did not, I'm not surprised by this. I think, like, you know, um, I, I know we've I'm sure we've mentioned it on the podcast, uh, you know, as as maybe as recently as last week. I don't remember. But um, but yeah, so uh, it's official. He's he's out. And uh, yeah, no, of course we did. We talked about Ricky getting fired for like a long time last week. And uh, I uh, <laughs> I don't know. I I you know, I guess you feel bad for the guy, but uh, I don't know, man. I, I don't know if he really. Well, I, I could on. just imagine the scene um, in Rick Hahn's office when they let him go. You know, Rick Hahn said, well, you know, Ricky, you know, thank you for your service, but we're going to let you go. And Renteria is probably just like, yeah, well, uh, uh, OK, OK, I guess. Uh, all right. All right. Thanks. You know, it probably was something like that. Yeah, you know, exactly. Just smiling the whole time. Well, it, it was a it was a known thing, or at least they've said, Jeremy, that uh that Don Cooper was Kenny Williams's snitch, and that's why he uh, that's why he lasted so long. Uh, Ozzie Guillen, in an interview uh, some years ago, said that uh, everybody knows that Don Cooper is Kenny Williams's bitch. <laughs> so um, you know, I mean, and that's Ozzie talking. But I mean, there there were probably reasons that Don Cooper outlasted like four managerial regimes. Um, you know, who knows? I I don't know what was going on there, but uh, they, they say that Don Cooper. You know, the the White Sox, you know, every year they would have these bullpen guys who would overachieve. But at the same time, guys like uh, Lucas Giolito um, uh, 
had, I think, given most of the credit for his, you know, uh, uh, com- becoming a, an actual good pitcher <laughs> to his old high school coach. So it, I don't know. I don't know how well uh, Don Cooper was actually liked, uh, you know, among the current uh, players and current pitching staff. And uh, it does it does kind of seem like they need to get some fresh blood in there. Yeah, I mean, I can see like I feel like like Mark Burley like probably really liked uh, Don Cooper, but yes, yeah, I don't know, I don't know if he was connecting super well with like a Lucas Giolito, or um, you know, I don't know some other like like maybe like a Garrett Crochet or something. <laughs> I don't, I don't really know, but like, um, yeah, I mean, uh, it, that's always one of those weird things where like you you feel like the manager, whatever manager you're gonna bring in, is gonna want to ha- is gonna have like a pitching coach that they're gonna want to bring in as well, and like. You know, maybe it makes sense that the last couple of managers who came in were like, uh, okay, uh, that's fine. I'll, I'll, you know, we'll take Coop, whatever. You know, we'd be happy to have Coop. <laughs> you know, so it's like if they hire like, you know, uh, AJ Hinch or something, like, I think he's going to be like, yeah, let me get someone, you know, who, who doesn't sound like he's running like a hot dog stand, <laughs> you know, next <laughs> to the park. Um, not that I have anything against Coop in that sense. Uh, I, you know, Coop, w- again, was just another kind of classic White Sox guy. And I, now I'm getting kind of sad. I feel like the White Sox are eliminating their identity. Like they're getting rid of these like Homer guys, these like kind of like hapless oafish guys. And they're like trying, what what are they trying to like win the world series now? Like, come on, like, you know, no, I, I, I agree, Jeremy. I mean, it, it, it really does seem here like they're actually letting Rick Hahn call the shots with this. Yeah, and they're not, definitely. you know, it's not, these moves aren't coming from uh, Jerry Reinsdorf and, Kenny Williams is Kenny Williams still with the White Sox I think he is right <laughs> I mean I think he is but you, you know you wouldn't know it like yeah I feel like I haven't heard his name in years I guess he like I think he I think he may like kind of like peeked his head out like when MLB was doing kind of like the the Black Lives Matter thing at the beginning of the year because <laughs> um, I think he him and like Theo like organized some sort of like thing um, but like but yeah that was the first time that I feel like I heard his name in like years yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, well, but yeah, I, you know, I guess, uh, it's, uh, yeah, I, 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 it'll be interesting to see where they go from here. I, I will say Jeremy. So it seems like by all accounts, um, AJ Hinch is the guy that they're going to try to go after. Um, and there's no reason they wouldn't be able to get him. It's at, at this point, the White Sox job is a pretty, it's, it's the most attractive open yeah. job out there, um, by far. But, uh, they were also saying that Tony Larusa could be a candidate. Um, I heard that. And now today. I'll I... say this, Jeremy. Uh, you know that would be a, uh, an absolute White Sox move to bring Tony Larusa <laughs> here. So like he's like seventy six years old. I think they. Yes, yes, he is. Yes, he is. Um, but hey, he's managed for the White Sox before. I think him and Jerry Reinsdorf are friends. Um, so yeah, I, it would it would not surprise me at all. Like so, somehow the White Sox will find a way to White Sox this move up. And, uh, and th- th- you know, th- that tiring Tony LaRusso would be uh, absolutely that. Uh, you know, they said the knock on Ozzie Guillen, one of the knocks, is that he hadn't, you know, he hasn't managed a game since 2012. Like, he seems like a guy that the game has kind of just passed by at this point. But, yeah, I mean, LaRusso would be, he hasn't managed a game in even longer than that. You know, he man- it- it- since 2011. So um, it'll be interesting to see. I think it's going to end up being A.J. Hinch. Like I said, there's no reason for it not to be. But, uh, yeah, I think Tony LaRusso is definitely a dark horse in this, and I could see it happening. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah, that, uh, that would be funny. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of, um, uh, like, 
Yeah, I mean, seventy six years old. I mean, what I don't know what the oldest previous like manager was. Like, was it like Connie Mack or something? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> or uh, Casey Stengel or something. I mean, Earl Weaver looked pretty old at the end of his career, but I, I don't know if he was yeah. you know seventy six. Like, yeah. uh, I, I mean, you know, both of our current presidential candidates are about uh, that age. But, I was, I was uh, going to say, damn it, Jack, you stole my thunder. I was going to say, like, you know what, like, I mean, maybe he could be president, but not, not manage <laughs> the White Sox, you know? Um, um, yeah, I think Dusty is maybe 73 or something like that. So Dusty's, Dusty's up there. But, yeah, I don't know if uh, any manager has ever taken a job at age 76. Uh, that would be, you know, that would be really something. And, and you know, and, and baseball's a grind, too. You're talking 162 games. They're on the road for uh, three months of a six-month season. Then you got the playoffs and spring training. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if LaRusso would want to do it. Steve Stone, Steve Stone was all for uh, uh, Tony LaRusso being hired, but he said, I'm not sure if he needs the stress. Um, other candidates that are being talked about are Sandy Alomar Jr. from the Indians, but uh, people also seem to think that he's sort of the manager in waiting. Uh, if Terry Francona decides to retire... Um, yeah. I could I could see Sandy Alomar Jr. Uh, being a strong candidate for the job, but at the end of the day, I think it's AJ Hinch's to lose. Did, did Terry Francona manage at all this year, or was he just out for most of the year? I feel like he was out for most of the year. Um, I want to say maybe he did start the year uh, with them. Um, he might have even been been around when the whole like Clevenger thing was going on. But um, yeah, I mean he's he's definitely been on leave for a while. Uh, he's a good manager. Uh, he's had a he's had a ton of success. His teams seem like they always win. Um, yeah. But yeah, who knows? Maybe he he might just be be close to hanging it up. He's been doing it for a long time. Yeah, for sure. Well, we we will see. Um, I would I would love to see Tony Larusa try to like tell Luis Robert like, hey, uh, you know, lay off the outside sliders. And like, <laughs> Luis Robert is just like, fuck off, you fucking old man. You know? like, <laughs> yeah, um, well, and, and yeah. hey, like, Tony LaRussa, he might just hire Don Cooper back, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, you know, if, if they're going to hire Tony LaRussa, maybe getting rid of Don Cooper was preemptive. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know, Coop might retire, but uh, I also do feel like Ricky, uh, he'll, he'll resurface somewhere. You know, he's a baseball lifer, so maybe he'll take a year off, but. He'll uh, he'll he'll be on somebody's bench as some kind of coach. Yeah, for sure. Well, we shall see. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm just trying to th- like think of like what other news are out there. Like Jack, this just broke right before we started recording. Tom- Tommy Pham has been stabbed. <laughs> uh, they uh, yeah, Jeremy. That's not it's not funny. It's not funny. They say he's gonna be okay, but uh, yeah. but but Jeremy, it is a it is a wacky story. The ESPN. Uh, um, uh, the the ESPN story says that uh, he was leaving uh, an establishment. Uh, they don't yeah. they don't specify what what is what kind of establishment. Um, yeah. and no, he saw no, two no. people who he didn't know arguing near his car. He asked them to move, and then they stabbed him. Um, <laughs> yes. There's a lot of missing. There's a lot of missing pieces to this story, Jeremy. Yeah, uh, yeah. This is like I mean, like Jack. I could have just asked you, hey. Jack, what do you think happened? And he probably could have said, well, I assume he was probably leaving somewhere and he had an altercation with at least one person uh, and they had a knife and they stabbed him. Like, you know, like <laughs> right right there, you have pretty much the whole story that ESPN has. Um, like as an establishment, I mean, was he leaving like, uh, you know, the doc- a doctor's clinic? Was he leaving a grocery store? Was he leaving a, a brothel? Like, 
you know, it could have been any one of those things. Like, so who knows? Um, and then he saw two people who he didn't know. And like, you know, that's interesting. I mean, if he knew them, I would maybe guess that they wouldn't stab him. Um, but I don't know, maybe to know Tommy Pham is to want to kill him. So who, who knows? Um, but, uh, yeah, I guess I'm only saying these things because they said he's going to be okay. But, uh, uh, yeah, I just, yeah Jeremy. I'm always like, I'm always just dumbfounded when I hear stories of like athletes being like, you know, in altercations, like after leaving like a nightclub or something. Yeah. I mean, that, that's what I assume. I assume it was a, a nightclub, um, or something, but, uh, the fact that, um, you know, that, that he saw two people and just asked him to step away from his car and then one of them stabbed him. Like, uh, yeah. what, what did these two people were arguing and all of a sudden they become friends and they turn on Tommy Pham? <laughs> yeah, like, it's like it's it's like at a, like a Royal Rumble or something where two guys are fighting <laughs> and then they're like, you know, Hulk Hogan comes in. They're like, hey, let's get this guy and, then, and then they <laughs> bonks their heads together and they go over the top rope or something. Yeah, um, and you know, not not to make any assumptions, but it, it, Tommy Pham didn't waste too much time, like uh, you know, hit, hitting up the nightlife scene after the uh, after the baseball season ended. If yeah. in fact that's that's what he was doing, you know, like like you said, Jeremy, he could have been leaving a Home Depot or uh, yeah. you know, uh, 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 whatever. Uh, he could have so been that, getting a you know a a, a California burrito, uh, you know, <laughs> a late night burrito with the French fries in it. Um, he could have been leaving the San Diego Zoo. He could have been going to a Naval uh, Academy meeting. <laughs> you know, any of those things. <laughs> yeah, Jeremy, if, if anybody, you know, next time somebody asks me where I'm going, I'm just going to say I'm going to an establishment, you know, and, and <laughs> yeah, that'll exactly. be, that'll have to be good enough for them. Um, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, Tommy Pham, though, they did say he is going to be okay, uh, which is, like you said, why, why we were allowed to, to say these things. Um, uh, <laughs> horrible things. Yes. Uh, so, um, so Jeremy, the first round of playoff games happened. Um, in my opinion, uh, really the only, uh, not, not the first round, but now it's the second round. Um, yeah, whatever. Jeremy, I, uh, th- there was some drama in the Dodgers, uh, Padres series. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think the, the, the only series that to me that I thought was actually really exciting, uh, and kind of worth following for like well-played games was the Rays, uh, Yankees series um yeah. that actually ended up being a pretty a pretty uh, good series uh, and that last game was was pretty tense yeah i mean maybe you could even say that that was all, worth it worth all of the um you know banality of the of the rest of the games um i i think i even texted you jack i'm like i'm praying that this game is good tonight um uh, but like, yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the, I don't know. It's like, there was two moments. There was like two moments in the, in the Dodgers Padres series that were interesting. And then that was it. There was like, I don't feel like there was nothing interesting in, in the other two series. And then like the Rays Yankees, like, yeah, like was the only one that, that, that was interesting. Um, and yeah, that, that the last game was, was pretty awesome. I will say. And like, I'm glad that I was able to kind of just chill out and watch like that whole game. Um, it came after like the, you know, that was Friday night. So it was like the end of a long week for me of work. And so I was able to just like, just relax and watch that game. And it was, it was pretty awesome. I, uh, I broke off a, uh, a, a grocery store date with my wife, uh, to, uh, to watch that game. So she had to go to the grocery store by herself. Um, oh, man. but, uh, but yeah, it was, it was worth it. I would have missed the, um, the Brasso Homer. So. Wow. Uh, yeah, Jeremy, uh, you know, going to the grocery store is a, uh, you know, a, a perilous, uh, thing to do yeah. in these times anyway. So, um, I guess, you know, I guess it's, it, it's good that you didn't have to, that you didn't have to do that. 
Um, it's a good thing, you know, your wife didn't come upon two people arguing in front of, you know, uh, your car <laughs> in front or of something. My car, if she, if she, in front of my Honda she, Fit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, no, exactly. Yeah, that, that, I I was gonna say I was gonna say Jack, like you know, it's like you know, I you could say like nowadays you could say like what you let your wife go to the grocery store by herself like what kind of husband are you <laughs> it's crazy out there um well jeremy uh i i will say it was uh the home run once again aroldis chapman gives up the uh uh the you know the go-ahead home run last time i think it was a walk-off home run against jose altuve in last year's playoffs uh but this year he gives up another one to mike Brousseau. Um, you know, couldn't have happened to a nicer guy than a Roldis Chapman. That was a that was actually a, yeah. a cool at bat by Brousseau too. Well, first of all, Chapman had buzzed him with a 101 mile per hour fastball about a month prior. Um, but yeah, Brousseau is a 10 pitch at bat. Jeremy, you and I have talked about this. I'm not sure if they track this or not, but I really would like to see uh, the statistics on like once an at bat reaches like 10 pitches, what the uh, likelihood is of the hitter getting a hit. Um, it seems like it goes up yeah. astronomically the more pitches the guy sees. But, you know, Brousseau was clearly catching up to Chapman's fastball. He was doing a better job of getting around on it. And, uh, yeah, he just he, he got one uh, sort of right down the heart of the plate that he liked, and he, he, uh, he did not miss it. Um, but, yeah, Jeremy, I think, I think the interesting thing to me about that series is that the Yankees, they have two players making over $300 million, like over $300 million contracts. Um, you know, they have this, this core of guys – uh, Gary Sanchez, Glaber Torres, um, you know, Urshela. Uh, so they have all these players, but those, these guys haven't won shit yet. No, no, exactly. And like, I mean, yeah, that's like, I, I was watching the, the post-game press conference from Aaron, Aaron Boone. And, uh, he was just like, he was like, you know, very distraught about losing. And he was just like, he had his head down. He's like, it's just, it, these are always hard. Like, it's always hard. Like, you know, when the season ends, it's always hard. And I, I was like, I said to the TV out loud, I, my wife was with me, and I said, so I wasn't talking to myself, but I said, you have to know that no one gives a shit because you're the Yankees. Like, like, mm-hmm. you know, who, who fucking cares if, if, if you, if you're, if you're sad that you lost, like you, you can't lose. Like when you're spending that kind of money, like, like, like this is, that's the problem with like, like, you know, creating this juggernaut of a team or like, like spending all this money on a juggernaut of a team. It's like, if you make it to the playoffs, if you make it to the, if you win a series, if you, if you make it to the world series, but lose, it's a fucking disappointment. And like, I mean, in, in a way it probably should be considered that for anybody, but like, you know, if, if the Rays make it to the, to the world series and lose, it's like, still, it's like, wow, well, you know, they had to defeat all these like juggernauts to get there. Um, but like, yeah, I mean like who gives a shit if the fucking Yankees lose? Like they, they've won so many times in the past. Like they've spent all this money. It's like they, anything like short of the world like even if they win the world series it's like well they should have won because they spent that much money so i don't give a shit that about aaron that aaron boone is sad that his team lost <laughs> yeah um and I, yeah i forgot to mention uh, aaron judge too is is part of that core yeah. um you know him and stanton uh seem to be having a hard time staying on the field but uh yeah the yankees aren't a team you're about to feel sorry for uh they went out and spent 300 million dollars on garrett cole um, uh, everybody expects them to win. And, and, you know, maybe that's a, a tough position for, uh, you know, for them to be in because it is a lot of pressure, but th- that's what comes with, uh, you know, playing for the Yankees. And that's, you know, when you, when you sign up to play for the Yankees or you sign up to manage the Yankees, um, that's the kind of pressure you're signing up for. So I, I didn't, uh, I didn't feel sorry for them, Jeremy. 
And, you know, it doesn't help that, you know, some of the guys on the Yankees, like Aroldis Chapman or Garrett Cole, seem like they're kind of assholes. I do question how Brett Gardner is still on the Yankees. Um, <laughs> yeah. that, that just amazes me. It, it doesn't make any sense. Will he be back next year? I'm not, you know, there's no telling. I would guess probably not. But, uh, yeah, that guy's just been a Yankees mainstay now for over a decade, and it doesn't make any sense why he's, why he's still there. <laughs> yeah, no, and they, they did show him after that last out, and he, he was the one who looked the most upset because, um, yeah, I think, I don't know, it could be his last turn with the Yankees. Uh, Clint Frazier kind of did pretty well for himself this year, and he might end up, you know, kind of taking that, like, starting time away from, from Gardner going forward. Um, so we'll see, but... Uh, but yeah, um, that was uh, I don't know. I mean, so that series was was good. I mean, I, I I'm I'm a Rays fan. Uh, like you know, for the most part, like I, I I'm cheering for them. Uh, I was gonna tweet this, Jack, but like you know, now that we're in the NLCS or the the LCS round, uh, I don't care who wins as long as it's not the Astros, Dodgers, or Braves. <laughs> so yeah, well, that's that's fair enough, Jeremy. Um, and I'll tell you this, man. I had no idea that Aaron Loop was still playing. <laughs> so Loop, I know, right? I was like, "What? You know, how is that? That's one of those guys where it's like, how is this guy's a still playing and b on a on a playoff roster?" And you know, people say that uh, the the strength of uh, you know the strength of the Rays is their bullpen, and like you know, here 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 they show Aaron Loop warming up for like half the game. And I don't think he ever actually got in, but he was there. So, like, I don't understand how that Aaron Loop is another guy. Like, how is he even still still in baseball, um, yeah. especially in a bullpen like that? Was he with uh, the, the Blue Jays, Jack? Yeah, he was with the Blue Jays for most of his career. Um, you know, he's kind of disappeared the last two years. I'm looking at his baseball reference now, but it looks like he's yeah, played he with even... Philly, Philadelphia. Okay. He played like pitched like three innings with San Diego last year, and you know now he's on the Rays, and he had a, he had a good season with the Rays too. Um, uh, you know, he's probably going to get himself another contract somewhere uh, if it is in Tampa Bay. But his ERA was 2.52 in 25 innings. Um, yeah, so he was solid. But I was just very, uh, very surprised to see uh, to see him in there. Um, yeah, and you've also got guys like uh, Arena and Margot um, well, having good series as well. Yeah, I mean, well, let's get into that right now because that's um, – I tweeted uh, <laughs> from the – like, uh, you know, during that series – Rosarena and Margot are the new Mabin and Hamilton, which are the new Rizzo and Bryant. Uh, they're like, you know, <laughs> baseball's uh, beloved, uh, you know, duo, I would say right now. Um, yeah, I mean, and today even the, the Rays, you know, beat the um, beat the Astros. And, uh, well, yesterday Rosarena had a big homer, and today Margot had a big homer. Uh, and the uh, Rays are up to zip on the Astros. Um, and, uh, you know, they're still, they're still cashing in here now in the LCS, but, uh, but yeah, um, you know, the, the Rays, like, yeah, they have like, like, you know, the, so those two guys, Yandy Diaz, um, Mike Zunino is like, like, I, I thought Mike, Mike Zunino was like, like released. I even thought the Rays released him. Like, I, I mean like, and did the Rays trade for him or was he like a waiver claim? Like, I don't even know, but like, yeah, man, I have no, I, I have no idea how he ended up on the Rays. Um, and I think he, he, but he's only played on two teams, right? The Mariners and the Rays. Um, I think if I'm so. not mistaken. I think so. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and all, all I, all, all, all I really know about Mike Zunino, it's like, he's like a three, he's like a three true outcome guy, but he's like a two true outcome guy. It's like, it's yeah. either going to be a strikeout or a homer with Mike Zunino. 
Um, you know, allegedly he plays good defense, but uh, uh, he's just a guy that I think the Mariners just rushed to the big leagues too soon. I think he was a very, very high draft pick, uh, maybe even like a top five, top ten draft pick, um, who was just rushed overall. to the majors. Yeah, yeah, and he, um, you know, he, he just, he's never hit for average, uh, but, you know, here he is now in the, you know, he's playing in the ALCS, um, uh, yeah, and he's just, he's been around, he's been around for a long time, he's probably played seven or eight years in the major leagues at this point. Yeah, um, he was traded for Jake Fraley and Malik Smith, actually, so Oh, Ma- there Malik you go. Smith, okay, yeah, um, yeah, and I mean, you know, his, his power numbers are good, but he's, he's hitting exactly... 200 for his career, which, uh, which even for a catcher is, is pretty low. Um, but you know, he's going to be one of those guys. He's only 29 years old. As long as it seems like he's been around, he's still only 29. So this is a guy that's probably going to play for another four or five years. Um, you know, as a backup catcher, as a guy who's like a good catcher, who's probably good working with like a pitching staff, um, you know, who can, who can hit for pop. Yeah, for sure. Um, so uh so yeah it was um he got like a a clutch hit like um in um one of those Yankees games um G-Man Choi is on the yeah. Rays um yeah. uh for, former brewer G-Man Choi uh is on them as well so yeah they they have like a likable uh roster of guys um you know uh Austin Meadows and uh who's who's that other uh, Brett Phillips Brett Phillips yeah. came in the game yeah. uh I was like, how is Brett? How is Brett Phillips in in the playoffs? I was going to text uh, you about that one, Jack, because yeah. um, when they when they beat the um, Yankees, they showed like the players, you know, running in to kind of celebrate on the mound, and like for some reason, the camera was primarily on Brett Phillips because he had he was like a, a a defensive replacement for like the eighth inning or the ninth inning, and like he, they showed him running in and celebrating. I'm like Brett Phillips, like man, like like no one like. Anyone on Rays Nation is like, get, switch the camera to somebody else. Show anybody. <laughs> Show like the the bench coach. But like Brett Phillips, come on, man. Uh, yeah. That would be awesome if the Rays win the World Series. So Brett Phillips will have a ring. That would be hilarious. Yes, it would. Um, oh yeah, uh, uh, yeah. That would be uh, be- beyond absurd. Um, I uh, I will also say that uh, Jeremy, I think the uh, the Chris Archer for. Uh, uh, Tyler Glasnow and uh, Austin Meadows trade uh, officially has to probably be one of the worst trade trades in recent memory. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know why the Pirates gave up on those two guys because it was those two guys for uh, for Archer, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, absolutely. I almost want to say there was someone else in that trade too. That uh, I'm pulling it up right now, but um, yeah, it uh, it was not good. Um, no. Oh, yeah. Uh, they also got Shane Boz, who we saw last year too. Oh, he was the player to be named later, right? Um, if I'm not... Yeah, th- yeah, yeah. I mean, so that's like uh, that's two really good major leaguers uh, right now, and then Shane Boz as well, who is also going to be, uh, you know, he, he looked like he had the stuff to be a, a starter in the major leagues when we saw him. Yep. Um, so yeah, what a what a bad trade for the Pirates right there. That that is a trade that is going to haunt them for years to come. Um, yeah, so Jeremy, I would have to say I'm rooting for the Rays here. Uh, I like the Rays. I think they've got a likable roster of guys. Um, and, and they have a chip on their shoulder too, you know, um, out of all, all the teams that are in the playoffs right now, I think they're sort of the least heralded, or at least that's kind of how they're, they're billing themselves. So, uh, yeah, uh, let's, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to officially go on record to say that I'm, I'm rooting for them. 
Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, um, I, I, well, I would be rooting for just about anybody who is playing the Astros, but, uh, Absolutely. you know, I do, I do want to see the Rays win. Well, raise up, Jack. Hashtag raise up. That's going to be <laughs> our, uh, our motto for the next uh, couple weeks here. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, just to get, um, you know, to, to bounce around to some of the other series is like, yeah, Astros and athletics. Like I honestly, yeah, I didn't see much of it. Um, uh, you know, the, it, it seemed kind of like, um, uh, a non-competitive. I know the A's didn't win one of those games, but, um, it was kind of a disappointment, especially when the world wanted the, um, the S everyone wants the Astros to lose. Um, Braves Marlins again. Yeah. It also didn't seem like too much drama going on there. Um, we were saying that one of the reasons why we missed most of those games is because they're, they're in the daytime. And I got to say, Jack, like, the, I'll say this about the playoffs. I'm I'm glad that the baseball happened. I'm glad the playoffs are here. They're gonna they're gonna make it all the way, you know, to the World Series. Knock on wood. Um, but uh, the schedule has been just fucking shitty, man. Like it's just it's like there's like, I don't know. You just miss you're missing you're missing so many games. All the Cubs games, like you know, I had the privilege to. Uh, to, to try to watch a distracted, like distractedly watch the Cubs lose two games to the Marlins. Like, you know, like, I mean, like, because they've started at one o'clock central time. It's like these day, the day games like are a bummer. And it's like, I mean, in a way, like it's cool. Like, like it's like a throwback to like old baseball or something. But like, I mean, it's just, it's a bummer when you can't watch like a, pl- like all the playoff games because like you're at work for, for half of them. And some of them are like competing against each other. I know that like, logistically they had to do something to make it all work. But even this, uh, championship series, because there's no off days, like, you know, starting tomorrow, there's going to be, um, well, even starting today, the, uh, the Rays game started at three o'clock central time today. So like, it's just going to be like that going forward. And it's like, I would like to watch these games, you know, and like, yeah, I'm going to have to distractedly watch some of them, like, you know, on my computer screen when I should be getting work done, you know, (laughs) Well, yeah, Jeremy. I mean, um, uh, yeah, there, there were two series, the Marlins Braves and uh, A's Astros that uh, I, don't, I don't know if I saw. Uh, I don't know if I saw one pitch of the Marlins Braves series because I was working, um, you know, during the whole time that those games were going on. And like you said, they uh, the games um, there, you know, there, there's no days off. So what happened with that series was it was just like, you know, it was it was played in three or four days or however many games it took. And all of a sudden, the series is over, and you you didn't see any of it. Um, yeah, exactly. uh, so yeah, I mean, I I feel like just in general, I've really had to go out of my way to be able to watch these playoffs, um, which has kind of been an annoyance. Uh, I, I guess it's uh, good for people who you know, it, or maybe a little bit better for people who are working from home and can also kind of look away from whatever they're doing for a second. You know, they can turn a baseball game on. Uh, I'm I'm not working from home, so it's it's been difficult. Uh, I did go out of my way. To watch, um, to watch the last game of the uh, Dodgers-Padres series because there was yeah. all that drama in Game 2 with Cody Bellinger making the great catch and you know Manny Machado flipping his bat but then getting pissed at uh, Greaterall um, for celebrating. Uh, typical, typical Manny Machado. Um, you know, he, he can pimp out a home run, but he can't stand like a pitcher celebrating getting an out. Um, so that, yeah, I, I, I made sure to watch that game, but that final game of the Dodgers Padres series was trash. Yeah. 
No, it was. It, it, uh, it was it was crap. There were two moments in that series that were worthy. Like it was like the 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 home run robbery of of Ballinger, and then like the last inning of that game as well. Like uh, Jansen like got in trouble, and they had to bring in Joe Kelly, and they they eked out of it. Um, but yeah, so that that ended up not being anything there. Um, and they, who who started? Well, um, I don't even like they did a bullpen game in in that last game, right? Both yeah, teams. well, the Do- the Dodgers started Dustin May, but he only pitched uh, he only pitched one inning, and uh, the Padres started Maury Hone. Yeah. Um, uh, and I I don't remember how long he went, but yeah, he, he, went he like maybe three went like or something. Three, yeah, three plus innings, and then they brought in Craig Stammen, another guy who like probably shouldn't be in the majors <laughs> anymore, and you know he 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 just the the game blew open from there. I'm not sure why they had such a long leash with Stammen. But uh, like he, he completely let the game get away. It was like six to two or seven to two by the time he was out of the game, and then can it was we, over. Can we name the teams that Craig Stammen has played for? Was he a national? Yeah, he was on the Nationals. Um, let's see, and uh, uh, he must have been on on somebody in the interim between the uh, the Padres, but you know before the Padres. Uh, yeah, he wasn't a Brewer. No, he was never on the Brewers. Um, obviously, never on the Cubs or the White Sox. Uh, I mean, yeah, he might have just been on the. No, you know what, Jack? Those are his only two teams, but he, really? he was just on both of them for a long-ass time. Uh, okay. Seven years with the Nationals, then he didn't pitch in 16, must have had maybe TJ or something. Uh, and then he's been on the Padres the last four years. But, um, wow. I mean, yeah, just but, but yeah, still just a guy who's just kind of operating in kind of anonymity, I guess. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, no doubt. Um, and, and, again, weird to see him in a postseason game in an elimination game that wasn't over, like I, you know, out of all the, I, I, I again, I, I'm maybe uh, I, I'm not super familiar with the 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 use the usage of the guys in the Padres bullpen, but like there must have been somebody else they could have gone to besides <laughs> Craig Stammen in a close elimination game that wasn't over. Yeah. Um, that game was not that game was not over when Craig Stammen came into it, and it it certainly was when he left it. Um, yeah. that, you know, that, that's kind of a disappointing thing too, Jeremy, when you haven't watched a, you know, sat down to watch a full game in a little while and you're excited to see it. And the game, uh, the game ends up just being a complete blowout, you know, <laughs> and, and that yeah. game in particular was unwatchable too. Cause then it turned into both teams were just going to their bullpen, you know, they, like just, uh, every single inning. So you'd have like a mound visit and then a pitching change. I mean, that game was two and a half hours old. Uh, by the time it was, you know, the, it was, and it was just like the fourth inning. Yeah. So it was just, uh, it was just, it was just dragging on. So it was a bad game and, you know, LA ended up sweeping them and they won, they, you know, ultimately won 12 to three. Uh, well, I would have liked to see the Padres advance. Uh, they're another team that's like fun to watch, but, uh, they, they just, they had too many, um, uh, injuries to their, you know, their best pitchers. Uh, and it, it just, it just, they weren't, we're not going to beat the Dodgers, uh, with Mike Clevenger and, and Dinelson Lamette out yeah right and and uh yeah Clevenger I think like I I don't know if they should have rushed him back for for that series because I think it threw them off like from like because he so he started game one he he only lasted like an inning or something yeah. maybe not even yeah. the whole inning and he had to come out and I feel like it just threw the the Padres off for the whole series and it you know of course like you know okay so way to go so so Clevenger screws over his 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 original team then comes to the Padres and screws them over too. So it's like this guy, this guy's a, just a fucking piece of shit. Um, uh, and I'm, man, I'm, I'm just, I'm kind of like torn about the Padres. Cause I, I like overall everything that the Padres have going on. Um, but like, 
you know, they made that move for Clevenger and I feel like that kind of mucks things up a little bit. Um, and then, and I still, I still don't think I like J- Jace Tingler because of that whole, uh, Tatis grand slam thing, just the way he fucking backed down. Like he just was fucking, it seemed like he came off like a spineless little asshole. Um, yeah, uh, well he, he didn't, uh, cause he didn't necessarily disagree with Chris Woodward. He just kind of yeah. didn't really say anything about it when what he should have done was stick up for, uh, was stick up for his player. Yeah, totally. Yeah. 100%. And it's like. Yeah, it's like, um, hey, you know, Tatis, I, I know um, you, you're going to be a superstar. You might help us win a little bit or maybe get us close. And then I'm sure, you know, your contract's going to come up. And so just remember how this all happened when you, when, uh, you know, you think about whether you want to resign with the Padres, you know. <laughs> I will say this, Jeremy. Um, one guy who's come off as pretty cool in all of this is James Shields. Um Okay. Uh, James Shields, uh, at this point, because um, I, I was re- read a couple articles on this, but he just he thinks it's funny at this point that like <laughs> he you know he was the one who was traded for Tatis. Like everybody calls it a bad trade, and he's like he's like hey like the Padres you know he's on he's on them because of me you know like he's <laughs> he's got a he's got a sen- got a sense of humor about it, um, and you know and why not the guy made you know a ton of money in his playing career and he had a long he had a long and pretty pretty solid career till the end. But, uh, yeah. you know, kudos, kudos to James Shields for uh, being able to have a sense of humor about what was uh, about what is definitely, uh, you know, aside from that Pirates trade we mentioned before, like probably one of the worst trades of the decade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, yeah, that's funny. Um, he can laugh about it. And White Sox fans are still tearing their hair out over it. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, so so that was that. And like, yeah, um, uh I think you know. I don't know. I don't. I don't think there's many, too many more notes to to talk about with that series. Um, I'll. I got. I have two two notes, two general notes, not about anything about the game specifically. But uh, I'll say one thing. One of the losers to go back to the format of last week's episode. One of the losers of uh the of the uh, LDS round of the playoffs were uh, weird ballpark dimensions. Uh, um, you know there was that. Was yeah, that in, was, that in, was that in game five with the with the judge? Um, yes. Uh, so yeah, in game five, Judge was uh, trying to rob a home run off the bat of I forget who. Um, uh, but you know, it was the ball was in deep right. It looked like he could have robbed it. Certainly, it looked like Aaron Judge could have robbed it because he's about six seven. Uh, yeah, and he jumped up uh, to try to get it, and he hit his head on like this weird overhang on the right field wall. Yeah, he got stuffed. Um, yeah, and uh, I guess it would make you know I don't blame Aaron Judge for not like not knowing that's there. Because like you know why why would there be an overhang uh, on like a wall at a baseball stadium? I mean, granted, you know maybe Aaron Judge could have uh, you know it, it it was his job to kind of become familiar with that park beforehand. Yeah. But at the same time, like you know you texted me, Jeremy, like these guys don't know this stadium at all, right? Um, and now they're playing, uh, you know, now they're playing a, a playoff games here. Important, yeah, very important games. Um, yeah, or even someone on the Yankees coaching staff could have like walked around the, you know, the 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 walls, the the boundaries of the stadium, and been like, uh, yeah, hey, uh, outfielder guys, just so you know, there's this fucking weird like overhang thing out there. So you know, if you go to try to rob a homer, just don't get yourself trapped in that little box from the overhang because you're gonna hit <laughs> your fucking head. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, like that park seems cool and everything, but like, I don't know if you saw in the highlights today, Jack. Uh, so we're recording this, yeah, after um game two of the AL series and game one is going on right now of the NL series. But, uh, Manny Margot was like, like, did you see this play today, Jack with Manny Margot? 
You know, I uh, I saw um, uh, I saw the picture of it, Jeremy, okay. but I have not I have not seen the replay yet. Yeah, I mean, it's fucking crazy. It's like it's like it's some weird WWF thing where like he was like running towards the uh, first base line uh, to try to catch like a ball like like that was like uh, curling foul, and uh, he hits like this wall, like maybe like like thigh high. He like jumps and he hits the top of the wall like about where his where his like waste is and he like fucking yeah yeah i got it you yeah go ahead and he tumbles he fucking tumbles over the goddamn wall and falls not into stands but into this weird like like ramp area like like that would like be like oh yeah i just saw that right now yeah where like wwf wrestlers would like come out of or whatever like and he fall he fucking falls and like lands on this fucking thing and like i was really pissed because i just i had just stepped out of the room and um you know, I'm kind of mad that like he, uh, you know, I didn't see it live because like I, I the way it, it looked live, like he could have fallen like fucking 15 feet to his death or something like. But he landed in this weird <laughs> like walkway. It's like, why is this thing here? Why is this wall so short that the guy can fly over and land on fucking a concrete walkway like that has nothing to do with the stadium? Like, I, I, I don't even know what it's for. Like, are, what are they wheeling out? Like, you know, like like cart like catering trays for like the 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 box seats or something like what what's with these the, the designs of these stadiums and then like the um the stadium in texas like has like this weird kind of like corner it seems like where it's like it almost looks like it curls like and you can't see like the corner like i, I don't i'm not sure what's up with these weird fucking stadiums i mean it's cool to have a new stadium or whatever but like they don't need to make like weird things like like they should be looking at these weird designs well, I mean, yeah, Jeremy, just imagine if, if that was Eloy Jimenez and not, uh, you know, not Manuel Margot, like Eloy would still be tumbling, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, if, if he had tried to make that catch, um, you know, uh, but, but yeah, it, it, it looks, it looks really bizarre. Uh, there's no telling, like, uh, it looks like a little mini bullpen or something that's concrete and, uh, you know, and has no, you know, discernible reason for existing, um, so yeah, it, I, I mean, you know, way to go, uh, you know, uh, Margot for completely selling out for that catch. But like, he never, he never should have been been in that position in the first place. Yeah, um, I know. It, right? it almost looks like sort of what happened with like Comerica Park, where they brought the fences in. It looks like yeah. they brought the, you know, brought the foul territory in, and that just that that area wasn't supposed to be there. Um, but uh, you know, it was definitely a good catch, and you can definitely see, uh, you can definitely see George Springer. Because I think it's George Springer who hit that foul ball. Like you yeah. can see that he's pissed off that Margot caught it. Um, and, you know, screw him. But uh, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, an outstanding catch. And uh, yeah, the Rays are up what two nothing now in that series. Yep. Yep. Um, and that's in Petco Park, right, Jeremy? Yep, that's in Petco. Yeah, you, have you yeah. ever been? Have you ever been there? Um, no, I saw the outside of it, but uh, I was there in the off season. So. Um, uh, no, I've never been inside. Nothing is worse, Jeremy, than uh, uh, seeing the outside of a stadium and not being able to go in. I know, so, I know, Jack. I, I like you know. I think we've never really talked about. This is another thing that we've never really talked about is, is like our stadium uh, histories, I guess. Um, uh huh. But like, yeah, I mean, I think I've seen like I don't know, like twenty something stadiums or something. But I've seen like sure. another like six outsides of stadiums. <laughs> um yeah it's kind of it's kind of something you just don't really want to want to think about you know um 
But uh, which, which stadium have you seen the outside of that you wish you could have gone in the most? Um, I mean, probably Petco, I would say. Um, I also saw the outside of the Rocky Stadium, and I would have liked, you know, obviously would have liked to have seen that one. Um, uh, yeah, um, I saw the outside of the Vet <laughs> in Philadelphia years ago before they tore it down. Actually, well, that's a good question, Jack. Yeah, I would say, obviously, the two would be uh, – I saw the outside of Tiger Stadium and the Vet. And now both of them are gone. So, like, yeah, I wish I could have gone inside. I've been, I've been to both of those, Jeremy. Do you, do you have, do you have, do you, mem- do you uh, have like good memories of of Tiger Stadium? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Awesome. We went, uh, we went to a game, and uh, maybe it was '97 or something like that. But uh, yeah, so that was, uh, so yeah, I saw old Tiger Stadium. That was cool. We went to a game there, and we also, yeah, we went to a game in uh, Philadelphia at Veterans Stadium. Oh, nice. uh, before they tore that one down, yeah. So that one was cool. I think like that was when like Scott Rowland was playing third base for the uh, for the Phillies back then. But uh, yeah, you know, Veteran Stadium was one of those old flying saucer domes. Um, you know, I went to a game at Three Rivers Stadium too. I think it's, was that that Three Rivers in Cincinnati? Is that what that uh, one was called? No, uh, that was a River Riverfront River Stadium. Three Rivers was Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, Riverfront Stadium. Uh, yeah, we went to a game. Uh, a game there too, uh, in the mid nineties when I was a, you know, when I was a kid. Uh, so yeah, I've actually like, you know, that, that would be an interesting thing to talk about is like the stadiums you've seen that no longer exist anymore. Um, yeah, I went to a game in the Met. Did you ever go to the Metrodome to see a game? Nope. Never went to the Metrodome either. Yeah. I've been to the, I've been to the Metrodome too. Hey, I often say, I think I've been to like 17 stadiums, but like, have I really? Cause it seems like most of the stadiums I've been to don't exist anymore. <laughs> yeah, um, sure. Someone could be like, what Metrodome? What the hell are you talking about, man? <laughs> yeah. No such thing. Uh, so, um, so yeah, I, uh, uh, but yeah, I, I was, I was at those two, uh, never went to Petco park actually, but I, I did go to a, uh, Padres game, uh, but it was at Qualcomm stadium. All right, well, Jack. This is what what this is sounding like is you you need to uh, you need to start um, making these things happen now in your in your adult years. Get, yeah, get yeah, some right. Active games, man. I I um I I envy I definitely envy the fact that you um went to a Tiger Stadium. Um, you never went to Old Comiskey, right? No, I don't believe I ever went to Old Comiskey. No. Okay. Yeah. So I remember Old Comiskey. So like, I feel like yeah, that that's gonna be our like, uh, you know, our stalemate there because I think that they were. I I get the vibe that they were both pretty similar to each other, um, like on the inside. Um, but uh, were yeah, they? There's, yeah, but so there's something about Tiger Stadium that like, like looked just cool to me, and like, uh, I wish that I could have. Uh, wish that I could have seen a game there. Uh, just everything from like the pictures, like, and uh, from what I saw from the outside, it just looked really cool. Nice. Well, um, yeah, yeah, like you said, Jeremy, uh, in my adult years, um, yeah, I need to, uh, I need to get on that, as they say. Um, <laughs> well, hey, I, you know, I, I feel like we would have taken some kind of baseball trip this year if it hadn't I, been for the pandemic. So I know, Jack, you know. we're about, we're about due for our like annual like big baseball plan conversation over some beers. I feel like we, we talk about it every off season and uh, we've been able to make some things happen the last couple of years. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, we got to do it again for sure. We do. Um, and our, our plan will not be nearly as good as the eager leaners, but uh, it'll be, uh, you know, it'll be, it'll be something. Yeah. Go back to uh 2018 <laughs> Dodgers yeah. uh, uh, Brewers for that, for that reference. Yeah. 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 That Met, that Mets Brewers game in, in Miller Park. Oh, yeah, Mets. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, uh, well, yeah, speaking of that, Jeremy, there are fans at games now, um, at least in Texas, not in California. It, it's kind of baffling that, uh, you know, there would, be, there would be fans at one game and not at another game. Uh, but, you know, hey, that's just, if, if that's not the U.S. response to the coronavirus pandemic in a nutshell, uh, I don't know what is. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's too bad that not that all 30 teams don't play in Florida or else we could have relocated for the season and just uh, done the podcast down there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, uh, most definitely. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, Jeremy, how this uh, how this all plays out. And, uh, you know, by next week, we'll, uh, you know, we'll we'll have a lot more, uh, you know, a lot more will be revealed as far as the playoffs. Maybe more will, we, will be revealed as far as what happened with Tommy Pham, although I, I kind of don't think so. Maybe. Um, and, and, uh, yeah, before we go real quick, Jack, uh, I wanted one more thing that I wanted to talk about was, um, uh, I wanted to talk about the announcer, uh, for the, the announcing team, uh, for the, um, the Rays for like the, those games out in, uh, at Petco. Um, yeah. uh, Jack, I, I don't think we've ever really talked about it on the podcast, but Brian Anderson is announcing that series and, uh, you, you don't like Brian Anderson, right? No, I'm not a fan of Brian Anderson. No, I'm not. Tell tell us why you don't you don't like Brian Anderson, Jack. Well, I uh, I, I I just think he's so vanilla, Jeremy. I okay. mean, he's not uh, he he's not funny. Uh, uh-huh. Like, and, and you know, I'm not a guy who needs like an announcer to be real funny. But Brian Anderson, like, he thinks he's funny. Like him and Bill Schroeder for the Brewers, like they'll say things that like they think that like they think are funny and that are supposed to be funny. But they're not funny. Like I, I would say that Len Casper and JD are actually pretty funny. They have like yeah. a good rapport and they, they they say funny stuff and like they have a good reference level. Like you know Brian Anderson, like uh, <laughs> he, he doesn't. You know you'll you'll never hear him making a reference to WKRP in Cincinnati or something like. You know he doesn't even know what that is. He doesn't even know what that is. I don't know. I was just. That that show somehow came up on like uh, something I was googling last night. So that there you go. But okay. anyway, you, you know you could you could ask you could ask Brian Anderson what that was, and you know he would have no he would have no clue. Like the guy just man has no he has no reference level. You know he he doesn't know anything uh, but getting excited about a Joey Votto hit against the Brewers. You know so like he'll <laughs> like he'll like root for uh, you know um, the other team. And like he's just so he's just bland. He's just so vanilla. I just don't I just don't see it. I just don't see. What's so good about him? Like, hey, you know what? The two local Chicago announcers, Jason Benetti is great. I think Len Casper is great. Like, you know, I know, uh, you know, I know a good announcer when I see one, and Brian Anderson ain't that. So, yeah, that's that's just that's just what I that's just how I feel about it. You know, right. um, <laughs> nice. There you go. Is he, so is he still is he still doing like uh, like normal like like you know, regular Brewers games? You know, I, I wonder if he'll be back next year or if he'll just start doing national national games. Um, I mean, it, seem, it seems like those guys, because those local broadcasting jobs are, like, pretty cushy gigs. So, um, you know, I, I bet he'll probably hang on to that job as long as he possibly so, can. Okay, so he was, st- he was still doing it, like, into this year and everything. He was, he was. Okay. And when, he, when he's, like, doing a national game or, you know, a basketball game or something, like, the Brewers do have a, a, another guy who will, like, fill in for him or, like, multiple okay. people. But, um, but yeah, I, I imagine he'll, he'll probably uh, hang on to it as long as possible. Okay. I mean, I think he got his big break, like, you know, like fucking kissing Tom Brenneman's ass or something like that, uh-huh. or, or Tom Brenneman's Tom Brenneman's dad. Like he met him in a bar or something, and like just fucking kissed 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 ass totally, and like that's how he you know that that's you know that's how he worked his way up. 
Uh, I'll have to Google that and verify it, but I think I did read something like that sometime. I'm going to assume it's true. But what what are your thoughts on Brian Anderson? Well, yeah, I just I never really like I I I like kind of I feel like I didn't really have um a, a, a strong like connection with him probably because he is kind of like kind of flies under the radar. Um, and my most the like I mostly knew about him from you. Uh, I did you know so uh, you know my other job I work in sports. And um, I was talking to a, a coworker of mine once, and he's like, he was like, yeah, I'm uh, listening to you know the this game or whatever. It must have been a college basketball game, I guess, if that's what he does. And he's like, yeah, BA's on the BA's uh, calling it, um, or something like. Actually, no, you know what? He was gonna work like press row or something, and he's like, yeah, BA's calling the game or something. And like, I think he might might have talked to him or something. And I was like, yeah, my friend hates him. And he's like, really? <laughs> And, uh, and he signed, he felt like, I felt like it was like a betrayal. Number one, it's like, Hey man, I didn't say I didn't like him. Um, and he's like, he just couldn't get over like that. And I'm like, well, you know, he's a Brewers fan. So maybe he like, he's more familiar with them or whatever. Um, but I've never really had an opinion on him necessarily. I, I mostly had my, he, my opinion of him was mostly framed through your dislike of him. Um, sure. but I was going to say like, I, I feel like he's, that booth has been pretty good. Uh, I, I've, I've, I've enjoyed the booth. I'll, I'll say it like that. And he's with Ron Darling right now. And um, I think um, I th- like Jeff Francoeur is with them right now. But I'm, I'm like, I'm not 100 percent sure of Jeff Francoeur because I think they called the Rays Yankees as well um, last round. And uh, I think I cannot remember if Francoeur was with them then or not. Um, I know that Adam Wainwright was in a was in a booth, um, but I think that that was for the Marlins Braves uh, series, um, and it was weird. He actually said something like, "He actually said like half of my teammates think the world is flat," <laughs> and like he kind of said it as like a joke, and like they kind of blew it off. But it was like, wait, I'd be interested to hear more about this. Um, <laughs> that was kind of like yeah, a, yeah. Tell tell us more. Yeah, exactly. That, that's that's funny, Jeremy. Wayne Wainwright said that. Yes, yeah, yeah. Like he was. Wow. I think he was trying to say something about like, um, like I think like baseball IQ or something. And he said something like, "Yeah, you know, I don't know. Like half my teammates think the world is flat. So, so I don't even know. Like, you know, we can't even go there or something." <laughs> it was. I was now. I was surprised to hear that from Wainwright for sure. Um, and uh, I who knows? Maybe they'll trade him like they like the Cardinals traded Randy Rosarena uh, for saying that that comment. Um, but, uh, but anyway, I just like, you know, I think Ron Darling is, is pretty good. Um, and, uh, uh, Frank Coors has actually been pretty good. Um, and, uh, I think BA, I think BA like is a good, he might be, you know what it is, Jack BA might be a good compliment to a, to a entertaining color man. And I know that you, you don't like Schroeder. So I I wonder if you put Brian Anderson with like, like a very animated color guy, uh, if it would like kind of make him like stand out. Cause like, I, 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 I'll, I buy that. Like he's like the straight man and it's like, you know, I think like if you're, you can't be a good straight man with another straight man or with a boring guy, you know, like you need like kind of like a guy who, a, a guy or two guys who like will kind of like, you know, uh, be a little more, more boisterous to like have the straight guy kind of, you know, compliment them. So I don't know. Like I, he, I will say Brian Anderson is, seems pretty knowledgeable and like he says, like, he um he seems to say like intelligent baseball things um things that like i mean when you listen to like you know even like the a rod on a broadcast and he's like you know saying just patently wrong things 
like you know players should uh should be bunting or whatever like uh <laughs> i for who did he say should have bunted like fernando tatis or something i don't know he he was getting mad about people not like like the three hitter not bunting or whatever just saying patently Jeez. wrong things um but like brian anderson like seems to like have a, a fairly decent baseball iq and so like i've been enjoying that that series and that's kind of like the first time where i've kind of thought um like like brian anderson paid kudos to jerry coleman the padres announcer and stuff and i'm like that's kind of like that's like some baseball knowledge that like i feel like matt vaskurgeon would have won through he would be like instead of like saying like referencing like a beloved local announcer he'd be like oh yeah you know i think uh vince vaughn one time uh you know had some beers at the bar across the ballpark it's like all right thanks for your baseball input <laughs> matt vaskersian like so i appreciated that from from brian anderson and maybe i'm comparing him against a against bad people like matt vaskersian or something but like uh i i i found him like to be like a good compliment to that booth i would say so i've kind of been that's kind of been like a surprising element of, of this broadcast, even though I've, I was ripping national announcers before the playoffs started. So. Sure. Well, yeah, Jeremy. And I, and I will say that like Ron Darling, um, I, I like Ron Darling um, as a, as a, as a color guy. And like, I think he's, uh, you know, very knowledgeable. I like listening to him and he's also uh, in, in years past. Cause you know, th- those guys have shared a booth before and like Ron Darling is not afraid to like call BA out when like something is yeah. when he when he feel when when he feels like the need to and I I think that to your point of like BA saying things that are more knowledgeable like uh you know I, I think maybe he like brought his A game this year just yeah. because like he knew Ron Darling would call him out <laughs> now Bill Schroeder Bill Schroeder like you know he's not gonna call anybody out you know that like that's just when him and BA are together that's just like two clowns uh, just just saying just saying whatever but like Ron Darling I remember one it was in a game last year or two years ago like actually did call Brian Anderson uh, out on I something like that. Brian Anderson made a statement and Ron Darling's like no this is actually what was happening and like Ron Darling was right. Um, so that was good to see. So, uh, I will say that like, um, you know, it was a little Brian Anderson watching that game. Like he was a little bit more, uh, easier to stomach and like less annoying. And, you know, I think, I think your theory, your theory might have something to it, Jeremy. I think maybe he just needs a, uh, a color, a color guy who's actually colorful, um, to, to play off of. And maybe he's, he's a little bit better. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that makes sense. And, um, yeah, maybe maybe he's just that's right. I forgot that they've kind of have like a rapport. So yeah, maybe maybe they've been there kind of like building up their thing and I could see I could see Brian Anderson being like a, a good national guy because it's so like annoying just when guys just don't know shit about like the team and act like they do. Um but uh but yeah, so I don't know. It's it was uh whenever a national broadcast can be okay, uh I'm surprised. So <laughs> um, but yeah, but yeah, Jack, uh, yeah, like you were saying, um, I think, uh, that, that can kind of wrap it up here for this week, but, uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, you know, uh, the, um, yeah, the, uh, Rays have a, a good start to that series. Um, you know, uh, they're, they're going to keep going at it like no days off. So they'll, they'll continue at it tomorrow. Um, and, uh, right now the, um, the Braves are leading, uh, in this game, uh, thanks to a leadoff Homer by, by Freeman, uh, into fans, which we talked about. Uh, it was, that was weird to see. Uh, it looked like, um, Duvall might've like, uh, like hurt his oblique though. So that, that's not good. That's not going to be good for the Braves, but, uh, we'll no. see what happens here in this series. Um, I would love to see the Braves knock off the Dodgers. I can't stand it. Although, like I, I think I've, we've said it before, like the Dodgers, I would almost be in favor of the Dodgers winning 
a World Series here at some point just so people can shut the fuck up about it. Yeah, and it might as well happen this season of all seasons, you know, yeah, six, 60 sure. game season that you know a lot of people are going to put an asterisk next to anyway. Why not this year? <laughs> totally. All right. Well, for Rain Delay Theater, uh, I'm Jack Strakowski. And I'm Jeremy Dionisio. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.